In the midst of this global crisis, the voices for justice are revealing what really matters. It is time for Planetary Makeover. Here we feature solutions and modern miracles in documentary videos that offer hope for our future and remind us all of our spiritual source. Long ago it was forecast that at this time in history, extraordinary teachers, including the world teacher, would emerge to help us as we build a world that works for everyone. Now, here's your host of Planetary Makeover, Mr. David Minot. Well, hello, everyone. My name is David Minot. I hate to disappoint you, but Dick isn't here. However, his shows you can watch on the web anytime you want to. And he will he has his own show going on. He will be very busy. You can Google him and see him anytime. But welcome today to Planetary Makeover. And as I said, my name is David Minot. And whether you're watching now, which is just before the U.S. election, presidential election, or a year from now, we have the same hopeful message. Now, the videos that you're going to see, the documentary films, are made by a Francis Omen. And these can be viewed as extremely controversial by some, to the, running the whole gambit, the whole spectrum, to... Honestly, realistically, optimistic. So you can decide whether this has the ring of truth for you and where in that spectrum it falls for you. But overall, what we're offering is a, is a hopeful view of both today and tomorrow. Not the doomsday scenarios that you hear so often now, but the heralding of a new age of enlightenment, love, Trust, synthesis, sharing, and a lot of other wonderful qualities. And as far as today goes, what's going on now? Yes, as Dickens once put it, it is the best of times, it is the worst of times. The two energies are being expressed simultaneously, but one is on the way out, the negative energy, and one is on the way in the positive and uplifting energy that I described. So don't be fearful of today's failures. The, the institutions that have built up over, say, the last 2,000 years that seem to be failing us now, it's because the energies that supported them are being withdrawn. And new energies are coming in that will help us create a new civilization of trust and sharing that will, unlike today's structures, be fully functional. So we want you to stick around after the documentary, which is the main focus of this show, not me, because after the show, we will have a Q&A where you can ask questions and we can educate one another because we're learning together. I am not an authority on the subject. I'm not your guru, as Krishnamurti said, thank God. We're here to learn from each other. 
and that's part of the theme of this new age that we're in, the Aquarian age, which, <clears throat> which might make some of you chuckle, thinking about that pop song from the 60s. So you will be hearing us twice monthly. Every other Monday, we will be here. But tonight we're showing the video entitled Maitreya in Our Lives. So, as I might have mentioned, I have a rather optimistic view, as do all the people associated with the show, of the near future. And why is that? Despite all the Armageddon-like activities happening around us. Well, we're passing through it. We'll come out on the other side. And if I didn't study this information, the ageless wisdom teaching and the writings of, <clears throat> excuse me, the Masters of Wisdom and Benjamin Krem, Share International, Alice Bailey, and many others. If I didn't know this information, I'd be the most cynical person you ever met. But because I know, I'm aware that we have a lot to look forward to. We just have to hang in there a little bit longer. And the same is true of the filmmaker, Frances Ullman. She also has a very hopeful view of the future because she has studied this material as well. But to introduce the latest host to you, myself, David, I'm a Boston-based artist, activist, esotericist, and I'm very busy in the fight here for affordable, just housing for all, which is attached to the greater struggle of justice in terms of gender, race, racial justice, fighting racism, not just housing justice, but education for all, healthcare for all, world peace and a clean environment for all, which not coincidentally are the priorities of Maitreya and the Masters. And you'll also hear that repeated in the documentary tonight. Sometimes repetition is a good thing, not just in advertising, but if we hear it often enough, it begins to sink in. Perhaps at first you don't necessarily understand all the information, but somewhere deep inside of you, the spirit, the soul, or the self of the capital S, as we call it, you already do. So that information will trickle down or bubble up to the surface, and you'll have your epiphany. So just to carry on with that theme, I've been studying esoteric science for about 40 years, but it's only in the last a little bit less than 20 years that I have learned comprehensively about the ageless wisdom teaching, which they say is about... 100,000 years old, and this has been presented to us in the modern era by the Masters of Wisdom, Maitreya and his group, the Masters of Wisdom, as well as Benjamin Krem, who I mentioned earlier, and this will come up again later. As a result of studying all this information, I've ended up lecturing on it, writing about it, going on television and radio, and we've also gone to conferences where we've spoken about this, whole health expos 
I'm sure you have those in your area too. And this is carried over into my art, which has a spiritual aspect to it too. I focus primarily on portraiture, landscapes, and architectural rendering. And what I'm trying to do is accentuate the inner nature of being too, of you, of the objects around us, of the nature that surrounds us, not just the superficial surface area or what you can see with your eyes or the mind, body, emotion aspect of humanity. We want to go deeper than that. So it was probably about 30 years ago that Francis, Francis Oman, the filmmaker, had discovered this in ancient Himalayan texts that what's happening now was talked about way back when. And the Gautama Buddha had spoken of it too. And he had predicted that at the end of this age, and good riddance to it, it's so crazy and so violent and so degenerate at this point, that another Buddha would come and that his name would be, wait for it, Maitreya. The same person we're talking about now, they knew thousands of years ago that he'd be coming. And everyone else is known too. You knew in this incarnation and past incarnation as well. You probably just weren't aware that you know or that you knew. As we like to say in the ageless wisdom teaching, everyone is aware, knowingly or not. And as Maitreya put it, I enter into a world ready but unprepared to receive him. But I would say by now, I think we're ready for a change, don't you? And we can talk more about that later. So, Maitreya is here to help us with this shift, this paradigm shift, as Francis had put it. It's not going to be done by them. It's going to be done by us. But they're like our cheerleaders and our assistants. If they did it for us, that'd be too parental. You'd be like children. And we wouldn't learn anything. We wouldn't grow. We wouldn't evolve. Humanity would stagnate. So we're going to move forward with the rest of the universe. And I'm inviting you to watch this film, to listen to this information with one of the rarest aspects of human behavior and expression. And what would that be? An open mind. Yes, we all suffer from that at times, yours truly included. We all think we have an open mind, but it's one of the rarest things on the planet. When we're introduced to a new concept, what do we do? We run it by what we already know, our mental conditioning. If it agrees, we let it in. If it doesn't, we kick it out. We often don't even stop to think or to ask, hmm, what do you mean by that? I don't have any point of reference for that material. Could you go into that a little more deeply? That would be the right response, but too often we just blow it off. And this material has suffered from the same fate for years from some people, 
but growing numbers of humanity are now accepting the principle of sharing. Maitreya had said at last count, some billion and a half people. I think that's more than enough to make change. So we want you to listen, to really listen, not just to the words, but what's beyond the words, with your own intuition. Kind of like the way you would watch a movie. You know when you're watching a movie and you're really enjoying it, your mind is rather still. That's the kind of effect we're looking for, so that the information can sink in deep and your own wisdom can, your own intuition can come to the surface and confirm it or reject it. So I'd like to mention again, because he's instrumental, the British, but actually Scottish, author, esotericist, and artist, Benjamin Krem. I can take just a moment here to tilt my screen. There's one of his lithos right up there. And that one's called Meditation. At the time, maybe we can talk about that in more detail. But for now, we want to describe Francis's video because that's what we're watching tonight, not the litho. Though I would encourage you, if you have one of those, you see one, you can sit there and actually meditate on it. Maybe in the future we'll have a show when we do that. Well, before we go into this documentary, I'd like to talk about Francis a little bit more in depth because you need to know the person behind the camera and why it'll make you appreciate the film, the documentary that much more. So Francis Oman's documentary work has appeared on the discovery channel and PBS where she has documented what we might call seemingly unrelated events something the mainstream media seems to specialize in. They show all these stories, but they can't seem to connect the dots. But now what she has documented, many people, not just Francis, assert that they are connected. And what are some of them? Well, miraculous physical phenomena, miraculous healings from everything from cancer to AIDS, the future barter economy of sharing. In other words, our future economy will replace money, which we use now with a sophisticated form of barter, which would definitely be more equitable. And she's also documented crop circles, UFOs. Yes, and we assert they're real and there's intelligence behind them and love energy, um, despite all the bad Hollywood movies. And she's also documented mysterious circles of light. Once you see these, I'm not sure if there's any circles of light in this video. I think maybe there is. Once you see one, you'll realize that you've seen them many times before, and they're probably all over your town, city, even village. So make a mental note of that and look for that after tonight. And she's also done a lot of extensive interviews with Benjamin Krem. And this is important 
because in this era, this modern era, he was sort of a modern day John the Baptist, you may, you might say. Ben shifted consciousness, as we like to say, in 2016, only four years ago, but in many ways he's still with us. So that brings us to another aspect of the future, the near future. Beyond this video and the many others that you will see, Francis, Francis Oman, who's only just getting warmed up, has another one in the works. And that one's called Countdown to Now, Quantum Leap for Planet Earth. And it's interesting that Francis started on this journey some 40 years ago. She was an artist and a writer. And on top of that, she had the most important job on the planet, which is motherhood. And she was trained in video production. And she had gone to college on a journalism scholarship. But she thought she was going to use those skills just to document her artwork. Lo and behold, all those skills and talents and gifts came together and created a very impressive documentary film maker and artist in that regard as well. And years ago in 1988, as I mentioned earlier, she saw a CNN television report about uh, an appearance by a mysterious man in Nairobi, Kenya. And he appeared out of thin air, dressed in white. It was at an open air prayer meeting run by Mary Akaska. And Mary was an impressive figure in her own right. And he began to address the crowd, which gasped when he appeared, in perfect Swahili for about 15 minutes or so. And during that, he pulled out of his robe a glowing cross of light. And there were many miraculous healings that occurred during that appearance. He told the group his primary focus to begin with was ending world hunger and that he would come again. And with that, he went to leave, walked down the street, and again, vanished into thin air. We contend that's the same person that many people have seen since, including on television. He's probably done about 150 to 200, closer to 200 interviews by now. But as an ordinary man, under another name. We want you to approach the material as if it was coming from you or I, somebody without authority whose opinion you could discard or embrace. If you knew it was coming from an authority figure, you might believe it just because of his stature. And that's not what we want. So as I said, with these Priorities in mind, sharing and world hunger, a light bulb went off in Francis' head, our esteemed filmmaker. 
And she made the connection between two other events that occurred in 1977, which were the emergence of Maitreya from his ancient retreat in the Himalayas on July 19th, 1977. He went down to the plains of India to acclimate himself in an Indian Pakistani body, then got on a plane and flew to London, which was his point of focus. Well, it was only two weeks later that the launch of the Hunger Project was announced. Coincidence? We don't think so. And Francis was actually present at the launch of the Hunger Project, where she heard it said, and I quote, sometime around now, there has been a shift in the wind so that the seeming improbability of ever-ending hunger was now an idea whose time had come. And you can bet those words resonated with a lot of people. So it was while watching that CNN report that Francis knew that it was hardly a coincidence since the first priority of the world teacher was to end hunger by sharing the resources of the world equitably. And there you have it. Francis's work from 1981 till now has revealed this connection, which we think is crucial. So in today's broadcast, we are featuring one of Francis Omen's, I get choked up just thinking about it, documentaries called Maitreya in Our Lives. And it'll run about a half an hour, after which I will invite you to call in with your questions about the material. So you want to jot down your thoughts during the broadcast. And here are the numbers, 888-627-6008, excuse my bad too, or 323-774-4348, excuse me, 31. That's 888-627-6008 and 323-744-4831. I'll repeat them again. And I hope that you're not seeing them backwards on your screen the way I am. Okay. Well, with that, I think we're done with this portion and we're ready to let it roll. The second coming of Christ will not be a celestial spectacle in a distant future, but is instead a real event unfolding since 1977 behind the scenes of everyday life and signifying the reappearance of a great spiritual teacher for all people, a world teacher who is not only Christ returned, but also the long-awaited Messiah, the Imamadi, Krishna, and the fifth Buddha, all one and the same individual. This world teacher, whose name is Maitreya, stands at the head of an enlightened group known as the Masters of Wisdom, who are here to help humanity solve the problems of the world. He's not a religious teacher, although I, I believe he is the one expected by all the world's major religions, but he's here first and foremost as a teacher, as a friend and a guide, and that the reason he is here is to lift our consciousness, make us aware 
of the significance of the time we live in. Never before in human history, history have we had the capacity to destroy ourselves. We have the power to do that. So we are pretty much at the cliff edge. We've got the choice either to destroy ourselves or to change direction, to move forward and create a new golden civilization. And what Maitreya is saying is that that is indeed what we will do. He can see into our hearts and, and sees that we will make the right choices, that most people do want harmony and do want peace. Uh, the, at the moment, that is not the case in the world. We have a situation where there are millions of people who live in utter poverty, many millions more who are literally starving to death. And he says that the solution to this unspiritual situation is simply by sharing. And if you think of humanity as being a family, a global family, just like in a nuclear family, it makes sense to share what you have among the members of that family. And so what he is saying to us is that if we really want peace, then we need to share the resources of the world so that all have adequate food, housing, health care and education. What struck me as the most important thing uh, and the most significant is that Maitreya's message is we need to share the resources of the world. We can't have people starving in a world of plenty. And if there is a teacher of that stature, when I first heard that, I thought that would be his message. That would be what the Christ would have to say. That's what Jesus said. Uh, you have to take care of the poor. You have to take care of your brother. And so when I heard that that was his message, I knew that this is probably the right teacher. Uh, Maitreya to me is a person that uh, from looking and studying a lot of the religions uh, and is a person that all religions talk about, including our own Indians who talk about the Pale One and the return of the Pale One. And uh, I find that fascinating how this one person is really connected into all those religions. I can go all the way back to my childhood and uh, speak about the almost death I had from a, a appendicitis attack where I was saved by a vision that came to me and said, you are very sick, you must seek medical attention immediately. Unfortunately, as a child, I thought in ways that perhaps were not very adult, and when I was told it was a matter of life and death, I was ready to choose death as long as I could go with this miraculous being who came to visit me. At that point, I was told that, no, it was important to stay in this world because a great teacher, the one I would know as a Christian, the Christ, would be here in my lifetime, and I would not want to miss that event. That went on, and I remembered those events all my life, and when the story of Maitreya began to appear, I knew that now the time had come. And from then on, a series of events took place, meeting a few masters, absolutely convinced me that this was an extraordinary world we were living in, and we would soon all be having these experiences, and we'd all understand exactly what was happening. There's a great new age dawning, and our young children and all the peoples of the earth in the next millennium will come into a golden age, an age where there, there will be peace, 
um, states and nations will learn and, and be stimulated to cooperate. And there'll be a time when um, new information will be dawning on humanity. Scientists will have new information. Um, and medical discoveries will be given, en new energies will be given that take away all the fear of all our, uh, well, perhaps um, energy sources drying up. There's no need to fear because new energy sources will be discovered and they are known at the present time. Um, there'll be new ways of clearing up pollution, the, the Maitreya and his masters, uh, well, there's a whole group of them in the world at the present time working through educational, uh, economic and political um, industries. They're not known as masters, but they're very enlightened people already in the world working in those, and they will stimulate us to create ourselves this new world, and we'll be greatly helped by the energy of the Maitreya has come out. No doubt there's going to be more fear on the part of people. People who are confused about who Maitreya is, well, if Maitreya here is here and he's the Christ, then who is Jesus? I would say to those people that they have to look at themselves and see how they've been conditioned by their traditional religious presentation of reality and traditional religious presentation of who the Christ is, that those ideas have to be broadened, if you will, so that they can accept a new way of presentation, a new way to look at, at this story. Because there is no reason to be afraid. Um, Jesus is a very advanced master, is here to help us. And what's so wonderful and fabulous about this story is that not only is Jesus here, but his master, Maitreya. So our chances of getting through all of this mess in the world and correcting the problems is greatly enhanced by having them both here. We don't need to fear the Lord Maitreya because we're all children of God. Our Lord Jesus Christ and Maitreya are a part of the same group. They come not as ordinary people, but they come as masters and to teach us how to survive. Um, Christ is, in, in my mind, is a consciousness, a level of consciousness of truth. And we all can touch that within ourselves, but someone who totally manifests it 100% um, can be called the Christ, um, in my mind. And uh, so, what I was surprised at when I heard about Maitreya was that there was the, the Christ who overshadowed Jesus, which they said in the Bible that there was a, a presence that overshadowed Jesus. And now I thought, okay, now I know that Maitreya was that presence that was overshadowing the Christ. And he's here, and I, something within me just really accepted that. And My Christian background has been totally satisfied with the events that have happened about the reappearance of the Christ. He would have to come back to the poor and the lowly. That is what I understood from Jesus' teaching so long ago in Jerusalem. He came for the 
for the dispossessed, for the hungry. And this is what Maitreya is doing today. He's making it very, very clear that he comes to redress the wrongs of humanity, that we've got to change or ruin our beautiful world in the process of ruining it, simply because we don't share, because we don't understand that what we do to each other, we do to ourselves. We don't, we don't understand that when a child is dying of starvation, that's an obscenity. I'm quoting Benjamin Krem here, but it's so totally true. Yet we have millions of children dying daily, not daily, I think I exaggerate there, but millions of children dying week by week of starvation. Um, he would come to address those things. It is so obvious that this is the Christ that is in the world. It's so borne out by my Christian teaching. Such a joy to me because at first I trembled when I thought that Jesus wasn't the only Son of God. It took me a few years to come to term with that, that we're all divine, that we're all children of God, that we're equal but not equal in the manifestation of God. This is the joy and the wonder of, of the Christ in the world. I fully realized the crisis in the world. I would say I'm still realizing that. I, I have, uh, it, when I first heard the, heard the information, I was very skeptical and I, I didn't want to believe it because it was not as how I was brought up to think about it. I come, came from a Catholic background and, and um, it, you know, there was supposed to be some sort of Armageddon, and he's come to save us from this Armageddon, and we'll come down through the clouds, and and it didn't match initially with what I believe to be the second coming or what have you. So I was skeptical initially, and when I more and more I read and um, delved into the information, the more I came to this realization slowly that this really is a possibility at the least and the more I open to that the more I uh, have come to really feel it that this uh, forerunner of humanity is here to help prod us along and show us the way um, to uh, a world of brotherhood I, I think that it's still each and every day that I move more towards an understanding of that. It really is becomes deeper. So I think that there was an initial point, although there was certainly a point in which the Christ is in the world. This really could be true. I have been very skeptical in all this, and I'm I have kept my eyes open every step of the way. I have to admit this to everyone because. Uh, after all, we are in a world that's uh, very traditional, and uh, I have wanted to keep it that way. But I find that the more I look into the material, materials, the more I understand that it does not take anything away from Jesus. It merely adds to him. And it's another dimension, and it's, it's going to help us to save the world, I feel. And the more I see of it, the better I like it. What convinced me of this story at the beginning really only was the feeling. It really was the intuition that convinced me. Of course, the words were exact, precise. All the interpretations of the political, economical, social, and artistic situation were really exact. It was very pure 
very respectful of the free will of everything. I truly had never seen something as beautiful as that. For me, it's when I got in touch for the first time with a book by Benjamin Cram. While reading it, I could feel intuitively a very precise energy pouring from the book, something that had the ring of truth. Also, the content could be related to so many things happening in the world right now that the whole story seemed very realistic for me, far from an illusion. I was very depressed about the world situation. I really wanted to have kids, but I had decided not to have kids because I was afraid we were going to destroy ourselves through pollution if we didn't blow ourselves up with a, some sort of a bomb or something first, and it just didn't seem like a place I wanted to bring kids in. I really felt hopeless about the world situation. But I had been looking at all kinds of different political and spiritual groups to see where I could put my energy to maybe do something to help ameliorate the situation that the world seemed to be in, the sort of downward spiral we were in. And I heard this message of hope that that the world teacher is here and I'd already thought that there had to be some one world teacher because all the religions sounded like they were expecting the same guy and because of this message of hope and really feeling absolutely that we are not going to destroy the planet we decided to go ahead and have this little kid I'm a musician, and uh, a few years back, before I actually knew anything about uh, the Maitreya story, um, I was touring in Japan, and uh, people over there used to ask me for my autograph, and I didn't know any Japanese, and they didn't know much English, so I tried to relate a positive message to them, so that I guess the thought that came to mind was a peace sign and a heart and a happy face. And a couple weeks after I came back to the States, I was in a part of town that I didn't uh, really, really go to, and I was using a payphone. And before, I, right before I put the corridor in the slot, I looked on the side of the payphone, and, and uh, there was a message written in black magic marker. It said to Gary, heart sign, peace sign, and a happy face. It said still alive and well, and there was a cross, and it was signed the Christ, like an autograph. I learned why Maitreya emerged at this time through Benjamin Cram's book and lectures. Maitreya predicted many things. One of those things being the collapse of the worldwide economy starting in Japan. We have already seen proof of this with the burst of the Japanese economic bubble. Not only that, but many people around the world are struggling against poverty by not having enough food or a place to live. Many people are suffering from these situations, while only a few are making great profits. Maitreya's priority is to help and teach sharing with each other. When I discovered Maitreya, I returned to New York from Los Angeles in 1989. In a small Japanese bookstore, I found a book about Maitreya 
The book told of Maitreya's emergence in the world right now. My family is Buddhist. In my youth, I often had the chance to hear of Maitreya, Miroku Busatsu in Japanese. I was so surprised that Maitreya's emergence is right now. I had heard that Maitreya would emerge in 560,000 years after Buddha's death. But now I understand that Maitreya is Miroku Bosatsu and that 2,000 years ago, Maitreya was the man who overshadowed Jesus. I think we're undergoing a great shift in consciousness right now and that uh, that is being reflected in, in many ways throughout the world. There's been lots of positive changes that have happened in world affairs that the media don't necessarily put a, a great deal of focus on. They tend to focus more on the, the negative, controversial subjects. Um, one I guess you could call negative event that is going to happen in the near future but what I see as being very positive and that what uh, and something that Maitreya has forecast will happen is a worldwide stock market crash beginning in Japan and having a domino effect so that it affects all the, the different countries around the world. The previous forecasts Maitreya has made have come true uh, and at the time no one would have thought they would have. Uh, just to give you a few examples, the, the breaking down of the Berlin Wall, which um, has ended up with the re reunion, getting tongue-tied, the reunification of East and West Germany. This happened, it was like miraculous when it happened, it just the spontaneous uprising of the people when the war was broken down. And then we've got the ending of the Cold War between Russia and the US. Again, no one at the time when Maitreya made this prediction some years before it happened would, would have thought it, it would have occurred. Um, the, the freeing of Nelson Mandela, the ending of apartheid, this is something else that Maitreya forecast. It happened again at a time when people would not have it would not have crossed their mind that something like this could have happened. And that is certainly very miraculous. We have a, a coming together of the people in, in South Africa that when, when the forecast was made would not have been expected. So um, these forecasts to me have made it even more, even more convincing that the ones that have yet to happen will also come true. This evidence consists of forecasts of the future, predictions made starting in 1988, which amazingly included not only unpredictable events, such as major earthquakes, but also the most dramatic, unexpected shifts in political power since the Second World War. Unlike the often generalized predictions of psychics, these forecasts specified the nature of each event, the country in which it was to occur, and if major political figures were involved, identified them by name. The predictions were published in Share International magazine and sent to news media starting in 1988. The source of these forecasts, Mr. Krem says, is Maitreya himself who through his profound understanding of the law of cause and effect can see the consequences of human actions long before we see them. He forecast several earthquakes that, uh, that happened. And uh, I mean, people can't do that. No human can forecast earthquakes uh, uh, scientifically. They're still trying to, but 
And also he said that when there ever there's an underground nuclear explosion, there would be an earthquake somewhere in the world. And I don't know if anyone's done any statistical analysis, but I know you can find a direct correlation uh, statistically between Yeah, I think every time there's been a nuclear test, there's been an earthquake shortly thereafter. Every since, ever since it was published that my trade has described that. And that's really quite amazing. Yeah, 20 years ago, person looked at South Africa, and you thought about the horrible apartheid that had been in existence there for so long, and then in 1988, when Matreya forecast that that situation would end, and it was not long after that that um, Nelson Mandela was released from prison, and look at him today, he's the president of the country, and there's no longer apartheid, but people people's rights are more equitable in that, in that society. So that was a wonderful thing that happened. Probably the most important prediction uh, that Maitreya made or, and or forecast was the stock market exchange crash that he said would begin in Japan. And of course, anybody who picks up a newspaper today will find that to be true. There's article after article after article saying how important Japan's economy is to the rest of the world. I, I think that's, uh, to me, the most mm -hmm. obvious. A continuous wave of miraculous events has been reported by news media, but the media has reported these events as separate phenomena without considering that they may have a common cause, Maitreya and the Masters. Maitreya and the Masters have created thousands of these phenomena. For example, visions of the Madonna which appear every evening and give secrets to the children at Medjugorje in Yugoslavia. Statues all over the world which weep real tears or tears of blood. Statues in Ireland made of solid rock which somehow opened their eyes and then closed them. There is a 35-foot rainbow-colored likeness of the Madonna which appeared almost overnight on the windows of a bank in Clearwater, Florida. People come every day to see this striking image which was once vandalized but then somehow seemed to restore itself to its original pristine color. There is an icon of Jesus in a church in Sydney, Australia, a large crucifix which exudes pure olive oil. The evidence of Maitreya's presence is being shown in these extraordinary miracles. Among the most stunning, 40-foot-high crosses of light which appear like holograms on the front lawn of a Christian Baptist church in Tennessee. Then there are holy messages. In England, a young Muslim woman cut into a piece of fruit and found the seeds arranged to spell out, Allah is great, Muhammad is his prophet. Another indicator of Maitreya's presence healing waters which are beginning to appear around the world as in Tlacote, Mexico. Some of the most miraculous cures from cancer and AIDS all the way down to warts and boils have been reported as a result of people visiting these rejuvenating wells. In addition to the one in Mexico, there's a well in Nordenau, Germany. Another in India, north of New Delhi. Eventually, 777 of these wells, created by Maitreya, are to be found on every continent around the world. It has been predicted that there will be no end to this perfectly pure healing water, which is said to have been magnetized by Maitreya with cosmic energy. One of the greatest miracles to be seen on a global scale was the milk miracle in September 1995 in Hindu communities all over the world. The miracle was that ritual offerings to the gods, usually only ceremonial, became real. Surprisingly, Hindu statues appeared to lap up the milk offerings, and literally thousands of gallons disappeared in only four days. All these miracles, created by Maitreya, are occurring within every major religion. There's a Lebanese Muslim child who weeps razor-sharp crystals, but without cutting herself. 
For well over a decade, Maitreya himself has appeared to individuals and groups around the world. One of these appearances was actually documented by a newspaper reporter, with photographs taken of Maitreya, although none of the media, including CNN and others who picked up the story, knew at the time that this was Maitreya. According to the report, Maitreya appeared literally out of the blue on the 11th of June, 1988, near Nairobi, Kenya, before a congregation of 6,000 people. Maitreya spoke perfectly in the language of the people, Swahili, and healed many of those before him. Maitreya stood next to the leader of the congregation, a Christian preacher and faith healer named Mary Akatsa. Maitreya then disappeared as magically as he had come. The crowd was convinced that they had seen Christ return. Christians believe there's only one and only Son of God, and I must admit I thought that too when I was brought up. I was brought up as a Presbyterian and, you know, sort of went along with Christ and Jesus being the only one, one and only Son of God, but, but we're all sons of God. And in all religions, we're all sons of that divine spark. So it doesn't matter whether you're a Buddhist or you're Muslim or you're Jewish or whatever particular religion or non-religion, doesn't matter if you have no religion. We're all sons of God and we all have that spark of the divine within us. And Maitreya is actually here to stimulate that, that spark of the divine within us. So irrespective of whether we are religious or non-religious, it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's a great synthesis that's going on. I think for everyone who sees Maitreya and has some question about uh, who he is, maybe the is not familiar with the complicated uh, process of his emergence is just to listen to what he says. He speaks to the inner part of each one of us. The human heart is his goal. And when he speaks of sharing and love, he is speaking to each of us individually and asking us to take care of each other, just as we would hope other people would take care of us. Was that astounding or what? Those predictions, those impressions that people had? Well, because I blabbered on for so long before, before the video, we haven't got a lot of time now, but we're hoping some people will still call in. And I'm still hoping you won't see these numbers backwards like I do. And that, of course, is 888-627-6008. And 323-744-4831. And I, maybe I should just leave this up here.
and talk around it. And if no one can call in in time, what we should probably talk about is what some people's impressions of this were and what it is they have asked. And one of the main questions people have had and has been asked, as you could see during the documentary, was, well, who's what? Who was Jesus? Who is Maitreya? Who's the Christ, the Buddha, the Krishna, the Imam Mati, the, um, the Messiah? And are they really all one? And why didn't I hear about this before? And if there's so many different belief systems, how do we reconcile all those different beliefs? And how can we use this information, each one of us, to make the needed changes on the planet now, to make certain that the environment is cleaned up, that we have world peace, that everyone has health care, housing, education, clean environment, a living wage, and enough leisure time to ponder where we came from, why we're here, and where we're going. That's what it's all about. And right now, as it stands in the world today, too many of us, most of us, are really stressed out and don't have the time to study this sort of thing. And since we've only got a few minutes left, I'm going to assume we're not going to be able to ask any questions, or I should say, I should say more, receive any questions from our callers. But one thing I would like to mention is also when they talked about the healing waters, here they are right here. You can get them from Ainsworth's Pharmacy in London, ainsworths.com. We're not attached to them in any way, shape, or form, but many of us are taking them. I've been taking them for years. So now that, um, now that we've shown you all that, we want to thank you for taking the time to view it all. And we're sure you have more questions. There will be more shows, and you can call in or write in. We also have the Facebook page where these questions can be answered. And Francis has many more documentaries to show you, and the information is endless. So we could go on about this for days on end. One hour is not enough time to cover even a fragment of the story. And you're part of that. We all are. And that's why we're hoping that you will join us on this journey to help change the world in any way you see fit. Whatever you're passionate about, that's, that's what you're drawn to. That's what you need to do. As I said, housing, healthcare, education, justice and equality, world peace, a clean environment. There's a lot to work on. And we only have about a minute left. In that minute, perhaps we can contemplate what we've seen and where we want to go from here. To paraphrase the title of one of Martin Luther King's books, 
where do we want to go from now, from here? Contemplate that and take that with you tonight as you go on your way and know that all will be well. All manner of things will be well. We want to thank you again for visiting and we hope to see you and hear from you in the near future. Take care and good night. Tune in right here in two weeks for the next Planetary Makeover Show as we watch and discuss another video by Francis Oman in light of the timely and non-denominational ageless wisdom teachings that will fill your spirit and inspire you with hope for the future, a world that works for everyone. So be prepared to call in and share your views and questions in another uplifting episode of Planetary Makeover. Makeover.